What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Niners Nation podcast. This is under review with Stats and Vish. Vish is not here yet, but he's going to join any minute. So I wanted to get started early since I told everybody we were going to go rolling at 10 uh, 10 a.m. Pacific. Uh, So he'll join in a minute. We are going to break down everything that happened yesterday with the Niners and the Kansas City Chiefs. And my God, was it a lot. And there's a lot to break down offensively, defensively. We've got Niner players for the second straight week calling out the team, including George Kittle himself for the second straight week, which we're going to play for you. Uh, We're going to get rolling. We want to take your questions and your comments as well. Please, we want this to be as interactive as possible. It's part of the reason we're doing it live. So if you have a question, throw it in and uh, we will get to as many as possible. Before we get rolling here, I want to remind everybody, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Follow us here on YouTube as well. We always say, if you take the time to leave a review, we will read it on the show. This one comes from Man 41 Five stars. Love the Monday show. Stats, you absolutely outkicked your coverage on this one. I thought you and Vish were great together, a perfect balance of passion and facts. You combine great analysis with objectivity and are the perfect complement to each other. Sorry, Levin, your Niners Nation lineup is complete. Thank you very much. We do appreciate that. I do love uh, the lineup here as it's starting to form up here in season number two for me. So uh, we're happy that we are starting to uh, get the team together. Shout out. Let's get to some of the comments here. Caesar on the YouTube page. Thanks, Rob, for always keeping it real. Gabe watching on Facebook was Kittle calling out Kyle or Jimmy or both. Hmm. We're going to get to that as soon as Vish hops in here. Uh, Nick watching on the YouTube page says I have too much East coast anger. That might be true, but look, what else am I supposed to feel today? Right? What else am I supposed to feel when this team gets absolutely dog walked by the Kansas city chiefs and Andy Reid? Am I supposed to be happy about that? Am I supposed to be you know, smiling afterwards, of course, I'm going to be angry. You're not angry after watching what we saw. You're not angry. You're not angry watching the team go inside the chiefs 30 yard line on every single drive in the first half. And yet they walk away with 13 points. You're not, you're happy with that. Like, come on, man. Uh, Sorry if you think I'm too mean, but that's just the way it is. It's my natural reaction. Here's more from Nick. Can we start positive? Christian McCaffrey, how do you feel about him this week against the Rip? No, we can't start positive. The team just lost 44 to 23, man. If you want me to be positive, like this ain't the week. This ain't the week. All right. Bernie watching on the Facebook page. They need to use this anger and play harder on offense and keep the defense off the field. Look, and we're we're gonna get into this once Vish joins. He gets stuck in a work meeting. We all know what that's like, but the offense and the defense were bad. And yeah, the the defense was bad. I mean, just look at the Chiefs' drives in the game, right? Interception, touchdown, touchdown, missed field goal. Those were their drives in the first half. In the second half, the Chiefs go touchdown, 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 punt, end of game. <laughs> like They dominated in the second half. So it was on both sides. It was on all sides, really, because the special teams for the Niners weren't good either. Every part of them was bad yesterday. And I know sometimes we like to pin on, on one side or the other. In reality, nobody played well yesterday. And that's part of the reason they got destroyed 44-23. You can't put it on one side or the other. Pizza Party watching on the YouTube page. So glad we traded our draft for another running back. Our greatest need met. Well, Christian McCaffrey was good yesterday. He was the only good thing about the 49ers yesterday was Christian McCaffrey. But, but the point is that 
a running back is not going to solve all the problems as Andre on the YouTube page notes, unless Christian McCaffrey plays quarterback, it doesn't matter. Exactly. And it wasn't good at quarterback yesterday. None of it was good. And I'll be fascinated to hear what Kyle Shanahan says. He's scheduled to speak right now at three 30 Pacific time. Although they have been rescheduling that on Mondays earlier and earlier, I have a feeling they'll probably do it again. So we'll see if that's actually three 30 or if it's a different time. But I'm fascinated to see what he says because I feel like he's kind of starting to lose the locker room a little bit. Some of those comments post game really made me stop and think and, and kind of like take a step back and say, wait a minute here. Maybe things are not all hunky dory. You know, this is year six of Kyle Shanahan. It's not year one or year two. It's a lot harder to keep a team in a locker room together when you are losing games in year six than it is early on. So I'm trying to, uh, I don't want to quite get into it here until Vicious here because I want to get his perspective on everything. But look, that's where we are. And I know people are saying, calm down. We're three and four. It's not that big a deal. We could still win the division. That's true. But you take a look at the NFC and it's kind of starting to become clear that if we don't win the division, we might not make the playoffs. So that's what worries me as we welcome in the man, the myth, the legend, Vish Kumar. And what's up, Vish? What up, Stats? A lot to talk about. Um, what a game, huh? Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the offense? Do you want to start with the defense? Do you want to start with the post-game comments? It's your show. You tell me where you want to go. I'm going to spring something else on you that just occurred to me as I was setting up coming into here. All right. I think that there's a longer-term issue that we started discussing at this point last year when this team was 3-4 and four and 3-5, and five, and it kind of got rectified. We've talked about in 2020, but there's a lack of leadership on this team. There is a lack of leadership. That type of performance from a veteran team that's been in an NFC championship game, been in a Super Bowl game at home, when you're all hyped up for this game, coming up after a loss, you just got Christian McCaffrey this week, that should never happen. And it happened, Rob. I think there is a lack of leadership. If I ask you today, who is the leader? Who is the voice of this team? The one time this team went to the Super Bowl and had a good start to the season, we knew who it was. It was Richard Sherman on defense. It was Joe Staley on offense. If something went wrong, those guys would have something to say at the mic. Well, now we're starting to see it. Who is now, the leader on this team, Rob? I don't know. I don't know that they have anybody that tells the negative truth. I don't know that they have anybody that says, this is terrible. You need to get better. We need to get better. Everybody's trying to pump everybody up. And now I'm wondering if George Kittle is starting to make that turn, Vish. I don't know if you heard George after the game. Did you hear what he said? I did hear what he had to say. It's the second straight week where he hasn't been just full on, hey, I'm going to be my wrestling self. And hey, when Rob asked me a question, I'm going to be like, what up, stats? And everyone's going to laugh and think this is all funny. Well, this isn't funny. And George Kittle doesn't think it's funny. And he's starting to answer questions that way. Right. If you didn't hear it, here's George Kittle after the game yesterday. We have plenty of guys that make plays. You know, Ayuk, Debo, myself, Christian, Jeff Wilson. Um, you know, we have a lot of guys out there. Juwan. We have plenty of guys that can make plays. And um, unfortunately, today, I mean, I think it really showed that we just couldn't get our couldn't get the ball into those guys' hands at the right times. Who's he calling out there? Is that a shot of Shannon Kyle? Is that a, Kyle, a shot of Jimmy? 
That's Shanahan right there. I think it is too. Yeah. Because you know why I don't think it's Jimmy? And we can talk about Jimmy and we can bring up Jimmy ad nauseum. But this team knows that Jimmy isn't committed to this team and this team isn't committed to Jimmy. We got to stop talking about Jimmy Garoppolo after these losses. He's paid like a backup. He was brought in to be a backup quarterback. He was. Mm. They tried to move off of him. We know what he is. The problem with this team is that they're not playing well around him. So now his issues get amplified. The way he played yesterday, he's played like that in 15 Niner wins. And everyone says, QB wins, Garoppolo, winner, all these things. But now after they lose and people don't play good around him, we're just going to talk about him. To me, that's short-sighted. That's limited. We know what he is. We know what he is, Rob. Well, he was bad. I, it's everybody, though. It's every. And I was talking about this before you hopped in. Kyle Shanahan continues to mismanage the game. And we saw it yesterday. In the first half, Vish, every drive they had got inside the Chiefs 30. Every one. And they only got 13 points out of it. That's hideously bad. And, of course, fourth and short, Kyle just trots out the kicker and I was begging. I literally called him out by name in a tweet, begging the 49ers press corps to ask Kyle Shanahan why he didn't go for it on fourth down in the red zone. Not just how close were you because he always answers the same thing, not close. And then he moves on. They need to ask why. And I'm going to try to get in the conference call today myself and ask him since nobody seems to be willing to do it. But again, these games against these good teams, especially a team that's better than you, you have to steal possessions and put up touchdowns. And he doesn't get it, Vish. It's six years in. He doesn't get it. Against the Chiefs, right? I, I mean, Mahomes, you know Mahomes is going to do what Mahomes does. Everyone points to, well, look at how the Bills did against them. Yeah, the Chiefs also play the game a little bit differently offensively against the Bills because the Bills have the other super freak in the NFL <laughs> on their offense. Right. The Chiefs defense and offense yesterday showed zero fear of the Niners offense. They weren't mm -hmm. scared of their run game. They weren't scared of their weapons. And they were certainly not scared of that offense scoring points. They just came in there and put on a clinic. But it's what you talked about, right, with the lack of aggression from Kyle Shanahan. Ben Baldwin, right? everybody's favorite analytic guy. He's the guy who comes up with a lot of these charts. He created this um, graph of fourth down decision-making, right? Okay, Rob, on the upper left, you have teams that are scared. <laughs> on the upper right, you have teams that are aggressive. On the lower left, you have teams that are conservative. And then there's this big square on the bottom left where the San Francisco 49ers exist. Rob, do you know what the word that Ben Baldwin used to describe the 49ers fourth down decision making. Do you know what word he used? Putrid? Confused. Because it makes no sense. There is no process to it. Nope. Week two, we got Shanahan going for it on the most random fourth and nine on plus territory. <laughs> and he goes for it and he says, oh, that's something the analytics guy told me. The analytics guys told me that we should go for it. Okay, so Shanahan, your fourth down decision-making is based on analytics. Okay, I'm registering that as a fan. As someone consuming this content, right. I'm registering that. Then the next time on fourth down, it's third and one, right? Shanahan calls a run up the middle. It gets stuffed. It's now fourth and one on plus territory, and Mitch Wisnowski is jogging out there, and I'm confused because you told me analytics tell you to make those other decisions. And here we are with the opportunity to make an analytically correct decision. And now you're going off field. 
Now you're going off momentum. And that is the problem. There's no accountability to any of this, Rob. He just does everything based on his personal feeling. I feel this will help. And it's not to say that his feel is wrong because sometimes it is right. And he is, you know, had he has had success over the last three years. And there's still an opportunity to turn this thing around. There's way too much talent on this team. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that over the next, you know, 30, 40 minutes. But there's no process to this, Rob. There is no process to this. And the lack of process to this, to me, is a microcosm of all their problems, right? Because there shouldn't be this many mistakes from an offense that's played together this much. Every time you're in plus territory, you know that first and 20 for this offense is pretty much just you might as well give the Chiefs the ball wherever you think <laughs> Mitch Wisnowski's punt is going to land because this offense cannot convert a first and 20, right? And of course, every time you get to plus territory, holding penalty right then and there in field goal range, yep. quarterback takes a really stupid sack on third down. Robbie mm-hmm. Gold made the field goal, but situationally, these are mistakes that winning teams don't make. And if you keep making situational mistakes where quarterback takes a stupid sack, quarterback throws red zone interception, you know, bad holding penalty, busted pass protection, you know, you're in second and six in plus territory and you run it on second and six and the running back loses two yards and now you're in third and eight. I, I say all of these things off the top of my head. Every one of those things happened yesterday. Think yep. back to any 49ers loss over the two, last two years when the offense has actually moved the ball but doesn't score points. There you go. These are the problems, and they're not getting fixed. That's the problem. Right. They're not getting fixed. It's the same mistakes, and we can blame Jimmy Garoppolo for this interception, which if you're watching on the stream, you can see right now, but it's the same problems. And Kyle Shanahan, number one, stuck with Jimmy Garoppolo. And number two, hasn't been able to get his quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, to stop making those mistakes. So it's on both of them. If you can't get your players to stop making the same mistakes over and over again, that's a bad coach. That is a bad coach, Fish. And one thing is clear. Did you want to say something? No, I just wanted to add the quote that you mentioned last week, right? The Herm Edwards coach. Oh, you're either coaching it or you're allowing it to happen. And both of those things might be true with the 49ers. But this team can only win one way. Kyle Shanahan, you only need to watch the first half of the games in the Kyle Shanahan era. When he is losing at halftime, they're 7-30. and 7-30. and 30. When they are trailing by three or more after three quarters, they're 1-30, and 30, Vish. 1-30. And 30, they can only win one game, one way, get a two possession lead early and then hang on for dear life until the end of the game. And if the game script doesn't go that way, the 49ers do not win. That that needs to be repeated. The Niners can win one way, get a lead early, and then your defensive line closes the game for you. They can't close the game on offense, at least not this year. They have no capability of doing that. They don't score. They don't score in the second half. There seems to be no adjustment, nothing that comes out of halftime with the 49ers (laughs) offense in the second half that says they're ready for this game. They have another new wrinkle to attack you, whatever. That doesn't exist. But, you know, I think it's a step further. And this is where even as someone, and I know I'm a big Shanahan fan, I'm always defending him, all of that. It's the rigidity that gets me. It's not just Mm -hmm. that they can, Rob. 
They only try to win one way. Every game, they're only trying where they can get a slight lead with their offense and hope their defense can close the game out. Shanahan's only interesting in, interested in winning that way. And the issue with that, right, because you can say, is it a play calling issue? Is it an execution issue? Well, it's circular. That's why we have this issue in 2020 and 2021 and 2022, because yep. Shanahan doesn't trust Garoppolo. So he calls the game in a way that he doesn't trust Garoppolo. And Garoppolo doesn't give Shanahan any reason to tr- give, you know, make sure that he trusts him he does too many stupid things so Shanahan always feels like he's managing garage I mean here we go five-step drop out of your end zone it's third and eight like I look Trent Williams got whooped by Frank Clark on this yeah he did yeah okay he got whooped but Rob this dude has played in the NFL for eight years eight years Madden awareness rating you can't be this bad (laughs) it's pathetic it's pathetic when they get backed up, and, and by the way, why were they backed up? Because Ray Ray McLeod had a good return that got called back due to a holding penalty. That's why they were backed up that close to the end zone to begin with. It's just bad. It goes to coaching. It has to, because like you said, if the same mistakes have been happening over and over and over again, 10 penalties yesterday, Vish. It, 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 I mean, at some point, Rob, I don't know any other way than to be critical of Shanahan because I've, I'm someone that's given him the Garoppolo excuse. Like, I see it. I see you can't trust your quarterback. That's why you have to call this game this way, and that means that's the only way you can win. But, Rob, at this point, at this point, he's just got to trust the quarterback. He's got to let him go. And you if have Garoppolo to do something these different. Games, if he loses these games, that is fine. But you're, this You're losing anyway. Working. Yeah. You're losing anyway. I agree. Like you can make, you can say till the cows come home. Well, Jimmy can't do it. He can't do it. I know he can, whatever, man, this isn't working either. This isn't working either. And like, honestly, you would think that, okay, you don't want to change. But then like last week against the Falcons, you're down 14. There's 10 minutes left. You get the ball. To, you have to adjust. You're already losing, right? Your way has already shown that it is failing. So why not adjust? And they don't. And look, Bernie on the Facebook page, you can't let Jimmy go full on Jimmy, though. Yeah. Why not? Why not? When this isn't working, you ha- what's the difference? I-, I just think it's crazy to keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. It felt like yesterday the game just got away from them. It looked like they weren't even prepared for the game that happened yesterday. And that's part, of the, that's part of the problem to me, right? It's It feels like... Every game, they Shanahan has a few, and he has a specific way he thinks the game should go. Yep. And the game's never going the way he thinks it goes, <laughs> right? Like the Bears game. Let's go through it. Week one, the Bears game, right? Shanahan said, I thought we could just control the game. It was just going to be about who ran the ball more, whatever. Next thing you know, Justin Fields makes a couple of plays, and Shanahan's just standing on the sideline shocked. Then he comes to the presser and says, hey, you know, the game got away from us. It, it, we weren't expecting it. We thought that this would be that. Well, you thought wrong. Then you go the next week into Seattle. They obliterate Seattle. They play according to the 49ers script. That was, to quote Kyle Juszczyk, Niners football. <laughs> then you get into the Denver game, right? It's Niners football. It's back and forth. It's defense. But your quarterback, of course, makes the stupid mistakes. Okay, so the quarterback made stupid mistakes, but Shanahan swore that if he just ran the ball against Denver, then everything would be okay, right? So then you go to this Atlanta game, or the Carolina game, Garoppolo plays great, 
in the Carolina game. It's Sunshine's Daisies. Everybody thinks the Niners are back, blah, blah, blah. And you go into Carolina, and Carolina more or less waxed them. It was a close football game in that second quarter, but more or less Atlanta. Excuse me, Atlanta. Atlanta was up by two touchdowns for a majority of that game. They controlled time of position, possession, excuse me. And, you know, Shanahan said, well, I thought we had a chance. And then Mariota had that run. And then that that just changed everything. Once Mariota had that run, no coach, no team in the history of football can come back. That's what right. Shanahan said. It's over. But, like, it, and I'm being, you know, ob, uh, obtuse and crass right now. But the reason is because I, at some point it, it feels like this team is not – being realistic on what's going on and i i think that's the problem right and i said it yesterday right like they believe they're drinking their own kool-aid they know they're a super bowl roster they heard everybody say they're a super bowl roster but you're not a super bowl team what you played yesterday was a super bowl team and they whooped you on offense they whooped you on defense and they whooped you on special teams it was not just mahomes took over it was a Full on, we kicked your butt on the offensive line of scrimmage. We kicked your butt on the defensive line of scrimmage. We kicked your butt coaching. You had no answer for us defensively or offensively. We kicked your butt across the board. That was just a tick, 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 just straight up ass beating. Dominic, on the Facebook page, you both must be watching a different game. You're terrible at this. What what did you see, Dominic? Did you see a dominant offensive performance by the 49ers? Did you see a special teams that was covering kicks and performing well? Like, I, I don't know what game you saw, but this is what happened out there. These are the facts, and they are not in dispute. The Chiefs whooped the 49ers, and it's just so undisciplined, Vish. Perfect example. This game at halftime was not out of control. It was 14-13 Chiefs at halftime, and you're like, all right, even though they screwed up the end of the first half, still, it was what it was, one-point game. And how did the 49ers start the second half? 49-yard kickoff return they give up, and Juwan Jennings comes when the play is over, over, and shoves the returner out of bounds to add 15 yards more to the return. Three plays later, the Chiefs were in the end zone, and then guess what? All of a sudden, boom, the 49ers are out of their offense. Like 21-13, and the Niners start to panic. It's just undisciplined play. Every time there was a good play for the 49ers, it was a holding penalty that brought it back. It was just... Just bad everywhere. And it keeps happening with this team. And so I don't want to hear that they're a Super Bowl team. You know what they are, Vish? They're frauds. The 49ers are frauds right now. Who have they beaten this year? The, their best win is against the Seahawks, who we still think maybe they're good, maybe they're not, right? They beat the Rams. Yeah. Great. The Rams are a tire fire right now. They beat the Panthers. I know the Panthers just beat the Bucks, but that says more about the Bucks to me than anything. Who have they lost to? The Falcons. The Bears. I mean, Seattle Seattle doesn't even really count because they played a different Seattle team week one than Seattle is today. Seattle is leaps and bounds better because they're playing so many young players. And you can see, right, that it, – it, let me give you an example of kind of where Seattle is. They're nowhere near as good as this team. But you know when you have a young team and they start getting confidence because they're yep. finally starting to win and then they obliterate a team – that you know like the for example the 2011 49ers right they obliterated tampa bay that was their kind of coming out apart coming out party now the 2011 49ers are way 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 better than the seattle seahawks the only reason i brought them up is to bring an example that is comfortable for all of us to talk about because we remember the 2011 49ers and they had a coming out party right against tampa bay they whooped them i think it was 48 to 3 
And like you saw the confidence grow in so many players because they finally believe that they're starting to win. To me, Seattle, Pete Carroll, they have like a little bit of a belief and a confidence that's growing week to week as Geno keeps playing better, as the defense keeps playing better, and those two young tackles keep playing better. So when they play in Seattle um, later in the season, it's going to be a completely different game. Playing in Seattle is a tough matchup in general, let alone the fact that, yeah, you're going to be playing in Seattle against a different team. I don't know if I would say that's a quality win. Let me ask you this. 49ers fall behind. Is there anybody on the team that believes they can come back and win? Is there anybody, especially with what we've just pointed out, that Kyle Shanahan is 1-30 and when they trail by three or more going into the fourth quarter? Do you think they can come back and win? I don't think they think it. Because they're not sure who, who to go through, right? Last year it was obvious. Anything goes wrong, get the ball to Debo. Mm-hmm. Debo is going to make things happen, right? And so they played through Debo, and their identity was kind of Debo, the wide back, the run game, just him dominating. He's not having that kind of season. Definitely not this year. Um, I don't think they really want – they don't really structure their offense to play completely through Kittle. It's not – I guess they kind of play through Ayuk, but – He's certainly not like he's playing really well over the last two weeks, but he's not creating explosives out of nothing the way Debo was last year, right? Last year, tunnel screen to Debo is an automatic 25 yards, changes field (laughs) position, changes the momentum of the game. Like it was a cheat code for them and they don't have that this year. I still think this defense is really, really good, Rob. I'm not giving up on this defense at all. I, I think they played a very good coordinator who had a very good play caller who had a very good plan. And then they played a quarterback who, to me, is going to go down as maybe the greatest to ever do it. He certainly has had the best start to a career I've ever seen. And he makes it look so easy. So I like I get it, but I'm not that worried as much on this defense. But this I offense, am. Rob, it, you are? Yeah. Vish, it wasn't Patrick Mahomes that got them the first down on third and 20 yesterday as we're watching now on the stream. Patrick, that's a screen pass to Jet McKinnon that D'Amico Ryans was completely unprepared for. Clearly, they get the first down. Okay. Then the Niners are battling back, right? You're like, oh my goodness, we're still kind of in this. I can't believe it because of the way the game is gone, Mm -hmm. but they've got the Chiefs in the second half. What was the score? It was 28-23. Oh, it's third and 11. And what happens? Charverius Ward. Oh, yeah, the bomb. I don't know if he thought he had safety help or what, but he is flat-footed. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling runs right past him for a 57-yard gain. MVS only runs one route, Vish. The only thing he does is go deep. I don't know what the hell Charvarius Ward was thinking. He usually plays press, right? And he usually plays press and he plays in phase. Um, And they were getting him early. They had a plan to attack him, by the way. They wanted to go at him and make a point about not siding him in free agency. So early in this game when they were playing man and they were playing press in phase, they were getting back. They were hitting back shoulder I think they would have hit two or three back shoulder throws where Mahomes was just like, okay, if you're going to play in phase, we're just going to drop it back shoulder. And that is something he's had trouble with in the past in his career. <clears throat> See what Jamar Chase did to him a year ago. But, you know, that that is something he had trouble with. Here he's playing off, and he's had a tendency to do this during the season, right? It's just that nobody has taken advantage of it. Um, he sits on routes. And 
the Chiefs saw it on film. They knew they were going to be able to get him, and he got got. They took a shot, and you can't sit on routes against Mahomes and MVS, and he got got. But here's my thing, Rob. Here's my thing, and here's where I'm going to bring you back to earth a little bit on this defense. To me, they were pressing yesterday. Felt like they were going out of their way to make a play because this offense can't score points, Rob. That's the problem with this team. The offense can't score points. And so it just puts so much pressure on this defense to win games, I feel like. And yesterday, I thought there were more assignment busts than we've ever seen with the 49ers defense. Now, I think that's because of three different things, Rob. One, I think it's because they were reintegrating a lot of pieces that were hurt and they were trying to put them back. I don't know if they were all fully ready, you know, fully in game shape, whatever. I'm going to They give were them out that. there. They were out there, man. If you're they out there, you well. got to be ready. They didn't play well. There's no doubt about it. I'm not sitting here telling you they played well. They did not play well. Second, and here, here's my thing, Rob, is that I thought those two early neutral zone infraction penalties really <laughs> messed up Bosa's rhythm in this game. Like, I thought it kind of threw him off. And once they made it 28-23, the play you're, you're talking about, that was the killer on the third and 11. Because they make yep. it 28-23, first down, Bosa just annihilates Wiley with the two-handed <laughs> scissors awesome. swipe, comes around the edge, sack, it's second and 20, and you think, okay, Niners defense is in this game now. Mm-hmm. They're going to get the ball back. Let's see what their offense can do. And Mahomes is just like, yep, sorry, 45 yards, Marquez Valdez-Scantling like game over that's kind of what he does but I say this to say I thought those two neutral zone infraction penalties really affected his rhythm early and he didn't play certainly as well as Bosa usually does and when Bosa plays well we know that this defense is pretty freaking dominant because Bosa is pretty special and then here's my uh third and final point about this defense and I'm not trying to defend them right they got absolutely worked right they got dominated right there's no excuses for that but my 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 third point is it's the pressing issue, Rob. It fueled it felt to me yesterday that the defense felt like, oh crap, well, we got you an interception. The special teams got you a um fumble, and we put you in positive territory basically in the red zone, and you managed three points from that. Like crap, this is Mahomes. Even if we play perfect, he's scoring 30 on us. <laughs> and it felt like they were trying to make one extra play to try and give this offense an opportunity because this offense doesn't score points, Rob. That's the problem. I don't give a damn about 429 yards. I don't. Oh, yards don't matter. You don't get any points for yards. You get points for points. <laughs> you get points for touchdowns, man. Uh, thanks for the super chat. Uh, sorry, I'm really bad with names. Josu? Jose Torres. Oh, Sway. Oh, see, thank you, Vish, for helping me out. This is karma for the players who said they have a better chance to win now with Jimmy Garoppolo. I hated that when it was said, and I hate it now. And that's totally right. You can't say that Jimmy's the ultimate insurance policy when you got your insurance and you're still, your offense is broken. They're, I, they're, they can't even score 19 points a game, Vish. They're, I think it's 18.7. Yeah, I can't even really like the issues are frustrating to me, Rob, because you can say like, oh, it's, you know, you can bring in Trey Lance, all of that. I don't know if the record is that different. That's the problem I'm having. At least the mistakes would be different, Fish. I'm just down for different mistakes. We would feel different about the mistakes. We would feel different about losses. That's the only difference here, really. But the reality of this team is right now. You know, every year we have a discussion about the 49ers and we only discuss the quarterback because we feel like everything around the quarterback is great. I hate to break it to you, Rob, and I hate to break it to 49ers fans everywhere, 
Today, the issue is that everything around the quarterback is currently not playing great. Tall Chinese guy. Thanks for the super chat. Shamahan, which I actually really like, got completely undressed by Andy Reid. Shammy is not a good head coach. Offensive coordinator plays garbage after script. He does script a lot of plays. He scripts the first 24 plays and he scripts the first eight plays after halftime. That's a lot. Again, that's a control thing with him, right? He's trying to control. Like, wouldn't you after halftime just go more on field? And I guess he does because he sees what they're doing in the game. I just... He wants too much control, Vish. He thinks that he can come up with the perfect game plan and all the players have to do is follow it and it'll be fine, but that's not how it works. Some guys get beat, right? Trent Williams gets beat by Frank Clark coming around the edge. Mike McGlinchey gets his ass kicked by seemingly anyone who has ever been a good pass rusher in the NFL. And McGlinchey was horrible yesterday. And I don't give a crap about your calf injury, man. Get the hell on the bench then. Get on the bench if you can't do it because you were terrible. So... It's just brutal from this team. It's brutal from Shanahan. Who is doing less with more right now than Kyle Shanahan, right? And and right. this is what worries me, Vish. He doesn't think he's the problem. He thinks the players are the problem. And how do I know that? Because he just gave up four picks for Christian McCaffrey. Four picks for, for a running back. That yeah. to me says, my plays are good. I just need better players to execute them. I mean, yeah, he has a tendency. Here's my thing, right? I love Christian McCaffrey as a player. I think he's a terrific player, and I think he showed out yesterday. He, he looked, looked great. really, really good. Yep. He looked great, but here's my problem. One, I think when Shanahan falls in love with any player and trades anything for him, it's bad news for everybody. Whoever <laughs> Shanahan falls in love with, goddamn, run the other way. Dante Pettis, Joe Williams, Trey Sermon. Quan Alexander, remember he loved Quan Alexander because of how Quan Alexander specifically played against him. Not anything other than the fact that Quan Alexander had two really, really good games against the Atlanta Falcons. When Shanahan falls in love with a player, like it just, there's just bad luck that seems to go on with it. But then he's also Jalen Hurd, but then he's fallen in love with, of course, Debo Ayuk. He's gotten a few there. Got to give it to him. But it the issues, right? It's funny, Rob, because the issue is that, like, all these issues are easily correctable. We saw this team correct these issues a year ago and play how they're supposed to play, and they went to the NFC Championship game. I I think the bigger concern, and it's not that they can't turn it around the way they did last year. The schedule lines up real favorably. They got the Rams next week, which always is a get-right game for them, which is always nice. Big deal, man. Big friggin' deal. And let me just read Jonathan on the super chat. Feel sad for the defense. Guys were gasping for air because, you know, the offense can't move the chains. Kyle's not creative. Jimmy is Jimmy weapons. But for what? Yeah, that's kind of what we've been talking about all day. But I don't care about the great. You could beat the Rams. Kyle Shanahan since 2020 in the regular season is five and oh against the Rams. He's 14 and 21 against everybody else. You only play the Rams twice a year, maybe three times. You got to be able to beat other teams. So if they over the last three years, you said. Or two since 2020 since 2020 yeah man that's tough too because 2020 means you know in that 14 and 21 he was one and three versus the worst nfc east which was the worst division we've seen since the seahawks won the nfc west in 2010 right. and then We're- last year right some of those losses great you can beat the rams kyle awesome am i gonna think that everything is fixed with this team if they beat the rams next week no absolutely not if anything, it just says that Kyle, this is a good matchup for Kyle and he can do it. But you only play the Rams twice a year, man. You got to be able to beat the other teams. 
Yeah, and to me, that matchup is more about personnel anyway. The Niners' size gives the Rams a lot of issues because mm-hmm. they're not a big team. Um, it doesn't tell me a lot about anything other than the Niners. When they're a bigger, more physically imposing team, their defense can really dominate. I thought it was interesting yesterday, too. Let me throw it up on the screen because I don't have the audio. Brandon Ayuk, quote, I just feel like we have too many, too many players that can change the game to only score 23 points. It's another player, a guy who doesn't say anything, right? Brandon Ayuk doesn't say anything. He was frozen out of the offense, didn't say anything to the media. Everybody was attacking Jimmy Garoppolo last year. Debo came to Jimmy's defense. Kittle came to Jimmy's defense. McGlinchey came to Garoppolo's defense. He didn't say anything. Brandon Ayuk didn't say anything. He doesn't talk at all. And now, what does he say after this game? We got too many guys to change the game to only score 23 points. I'm telling you, something stinks in that locker room right now. I appreciated him saying that, Rob, because I don't, like, I think a lot of people took this quote to say, oh, he's directly pointing fingers at Jimmy or Kyle. I actually didn't take this particular quote that way because he's not someone I've heard talk a lot, so I don't have a feel for how he talks in general. But because he doesn't talk a lot, I assume when he does talk, that means he's only looking to say something very authentic to what's on his head. And to me, this was just a very authentic statement from Brandon Ayuk, a guy who had an exceptional offseason preparing himself for this season, which is a ridiculously important season for him in terms of the landscape of his career and terms of getting a second contract. Um, and he put in a tremendous amount of effort. He had a great offseason. And he's had a good season so far, and he's played exceptionally well the last two games. Yep. It's a very honest answer where he is looking at this team and he says, I don't know what the problem is, but all I know is that when I look at myself, I look at Debo, I look at Kittle, and I look at all the guys we have in this locker room, 23 doesn't make sense to me. But here's my issue, Rob. It shouldn't be Brandon Ayuk that's the one saying it. Brandon Ayuk is not a team captain. Brandon Ayuk doesn't have a second contract from this team. Brandon Ayuk is still a third-year player on this team who's establishing himself at the, as a leader. It should be Trent Williams that should be saying it. Nick Bosa that should be saying it. These are the guys that we look at and we say when the 49ers' best players, we're talking about those guys. And even Trent Williams, it's hard for him, right? Even though he got that huge contract, he wasn't drafted and brought up here. Bosa has been. He's Kittle a captain. Been. Trent Williams Debo. is a captain. Yeah, it just they it feels like Ayuk is asking what are the answers, right? But Ayuk is maybe Ayuk is a leader on this team. Maybe he is the leader on this team. He's stepping up and being that guy. But nobody seems to have an answer for this right now. Everybody just seems to have the question, Rob. And questions are for me and you to ask because right. we can ask those questions. That's your that's like what the media does. That's what they're supposed to do. You're supposed to have answers. And right now it feels like they're looking around looking for someone else to have that answer, which is not the solution that's required, right? Like imagine the difference in accountability when Richard Sherman and Joe Staley were here compared to what's going on right now. And I I don't know, maybe that's a culture of that stems straight from Shanahan. Maybe that's what he, that's the culture that he has built that people, you know, just come in. They're kind of quiet, unassuming. They kind of just worry about themselves, focus on their job. And then when things are going wrong, they don't know why it's going wrong because they feel like they're doing their job, just like Kyle feels like he's doing his job. 
Chris on the Facebook page says, Ayuk's going to go back to the doghouse after that quote. <laughs> he may be. And Kyle literally said he that Ayuk played his best game last week, and now he might go back to the doghouse. I, he won't because nobody will ask Kyle. Nobody cared that George Kittle said they didn't play hard a week ago. Other than right. me and you, other we talked about you. it here. It's brutal, man. And you know what else the other thing is? Nobody seems mad about it. Everyone's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know why we should be scoring more. Who's pissed off about it? Who is mad about it? George doesn't sound mad about it. He was just stating a fact. Brandon Ayuk wasn't mad. You can go look at the video. 95-7 the game tweeted out the clip. Nobody's pissed off. Nobody. Last year, was there not a Fred Warner quote where he said this is unacceptable and this won't happen? Or no, he said that about 2020 before he got his contract. He said what happened that season. I think it was in his last presser. And this was when we thought Fred Warner had become the leader of this football team in 2020, right? They featured him in their defense. They did everything around him. And what was the quote? He said that as long as I'm here, what happened this season is unacceptable and it won't happen again. He said something along those lines, right? Yeah. Well, well but, guess what? <laughs> but it, and it's easy to say it right after the season. It's way harder to say it when you're, you know, involved with what's going on, you're getting embarrassed week to week. You're not playing as well as you have. That's where, you know, it's like, like Rob, for example, for me to talk about it here, right. It's easy for me to tell you that like, Oh, you have to do this. This is how you show you're mentally tough. All of that. It's easy to just say, it's very hard to implement in that moment with all the emotions reacting and all of that. And right now, I don't think there's really a steadying presence to this team somebody that they can look to and gain confidence from somebody who's, you know, setting a tone that this is unacceptable. This is not 49ers football because there's way too many veterans on this team. There's way too much of an established culture. There's way too much continuity for this team to be this bad situationally. That shouldn't happen. Right? Like we watched Pittsburgh yesterday, right? Pittsburgh is navigating a situation with a young quarterback and a host of injuries on defense. That Pittsburgh team, It felt like no matter what, and they dropped so many interceptions, they made so many mistakes in that game, it felt like Tomlin was going to make sure they didn't beat themselves. No matter what, right? And Kenny Pickett ultimately gave the game away, young quarterback, all of that, but they weren't going to beat themselves around them. And that's why that game was, you know, 16-10. to Now, Miami is a much inferior opponent to Kansas City, who to me, Kansas City and Buffalo are eons above the rest of the NFL right now. But... I say all this to say where I, I I think Shanahan's a good coach. I think Shanahan's one of the top coaches in the NFL. Why? I based on what? Top coaches in the NFL. I mean, based on recent success combined with the fact that I really like his offense and I really like him. But like, what is his offense, Vish? What, he's been in charge of offenses for 15 years. There's 15 different offenses. He's been in the top 10 four times. He's been in the bottom 20 are you talking about nine times you're talking about in terms of points scoring. not yards points, who gives yeah. a shit about yards i'm talking about points getting the ball in the actual end zone he's been in the bottom 20 bottom 20 in nine of his 15 years and again i know right here comes the context everybody wants to talk about context especially with kyle shanahan context this what about this this guy was injured this quarterback stunk he did i don't care man every team has that don't be it's in the bottom funny. 20 It's funny because the context is valid, right? 
it's valid, but he's the only guy we give the context to. That's where, to me, that's where it becomes a little bit of a problem, right? Because, you know, it's, let me ask you this, right? Rob, there was a guy who was hired in 2015. He had a good relationship, apparently, with the owner and the coat and the GM. And right when he got hired, you know, the Hall of Fame linebacker retired. The Hall of Fame five technique defensive tackle Justin Smith retired, right? Right. The Hall of the the um the defensive player of the year caliber linebacker is returning from a complete reconstruction of three of the four major muscles <laughs> in his knee. And yep. you know, the corners are brand new and starting new, right? Like you could go down the list and give all of this context to Jim Tom Sula. But the problems were clear no matter what. And it's not comparing Shanahan to Tom Sula. I think Shanahan's way better than Tom Sula. I'm just saying that I could provide context to even the worst example of coaching in NFL history and make you <laughs> reconsider whether that guy deserved to be fired. And right. that's where I think that it's – Bill Parcell said it best. You are what your record is. And right now, Shanahan's record is losing. And right now, Shanahan's team is not playing that well. Now, people take this statement immediately to say, Rob, that, you know, two weeks from now, if the Niners rattle off two in a row, that we won't come here and say that Shanahan is doing his job and doing it well. That's the entire point of this. It's fluid. Right now, the 49ers are not a good football team. They're three and four. They're second in their division, and their division has all kinds of messes. I, are they even in the playoff picture? I don't think they no, are. They're out of the playoffs. right? Yeah, now. they're out of the playoffs. So right now, they're not a good football team. Now, that's not to say they won't ever be a good football team this year. That's possible. Rob and I think it's possible. That's why the two of us are so angry right now. Jason, watching on the Facebook page, I was 16 when they last won the Super Bowl, and I'm afraid I'm going to be a senior citizen before we finally get number six if I'm lucky. Look, I know what that's like, okay? I'm a Mariners 16, fan. Man. I'm a Mariners fan. They went 21 years between playoff berths. It does happen. Um, but look, I don't – why does this team have to start out three and five or three and four? every year before they get their ass in gear like it's inexcusable man it is inexcusable and i'm sorry i've been defending kyle shanahan and i don't want him fired for i want to state that for the record but right now there is way more way way more evidence to say that he is norv turner as a head coach than there is to say he's bill walsh or anything close to that he's not even george seifert okay there is way more evidence to show that kyle shanahan is mid as a head coach than there is to show he is excellent. And that is not in dispute. Like it is not in dispute. And if you listen to what other teams are saying about the Niners and about Kyle Shanahan, that'll tell you that we're the only ones that think he's a good coach or Niner fans. See, and, and people think that you're talking just about yesterday's game. In fact, I picked the chiefs to win. Right. So like, I'm not shocked that the 49ers lost yesterday's game. Now I'm shocked in the fashion they lost. But I'm not shocked about that, but you're not talking about the chiefs game. You're talking about losing to Denver. You're talking about losing right. to Chicago. You're talking about losing to Atlanta because a team this talented, a team that we put on paper, every single one of us, and said they are if one of the best teams in the NFC. They're one of the four best teams in the NFC. They are Super Bowl caliber. And we said they were Super Bowl caliber with Trey Lance. And we said even with Jimmy Garoppolo's shortcomings, we think they can be very good with Garoppolo too. And right now they've lost to Atlanta, who's not a very good football team. We saw what Cincinnati did to that defense. And guess what, Rob? Cincinnati did that to their defense. Why? All Atlanta's corners got hurt in that game against yep. Cincinnati. Did all of their corners get hurt against the 49ers in the third quarter? Oh, wait, yep. they did. But the 49ers <laughs> pass game still took eight minutes to go 80 yards and then have a turnover on downs. So I say all of this to say that um, 
you know, it, it's it's the fact that they are unable to beat teams that they should be. That's frustrating. It's let let forget the Chiefs loss, right? Because the Chiefs loss was just felt like all the little microcosm talking points from the previous losses just all came into one, and the Chiefs just blew up on them and obliterated them. So let's yes. forget about the Chiefs for a second. Let's say Mahomes is the greatest, Reed's the greatest, the Chiefs are the greatest, but I cannot explain away those other three losses on this schedule. I mean, the Denver offense is Patheticsville, and it was Patheticsville against the 49ers. They scored 12 points, but the Niners' offense managed nine points. And I know Denver's defense is good, but nine points in an NFL game – Come on, you have to be the 2001, 2000 Ravens, like, or the 2013 Seahawks. Like, get out of here with that. And I, I, it's so frustrating. I, at, at some point, it's like, I'm, I'm so frustrated. Oh, I'm we got to get to this comment. Yeah. CJ on the YouTube page. There are things on film that show Kyle calls good plays and gets good people, and they're open where the QB screws it up along with other execution issues. Guess what, CJ? If you are a head coach and you can't get your quarterback and your players, to go to the right spot with the football when they're supposed to do it, you're not a good coach. It's six years in this system for Jimmy Garoppolo. If Kyle Shanahan cannot get Jimmy Garoppolo to throw the ball to a wide-open Jeff Wilson, and yeah. I'll show it again on that interception right before halftime, if you're watching I mean, we could, screen, we, Let's talk about it. this play right now, Rob. Can you go through it real slow? Uh, Maybe. <laughs> I'll see if I can okay. figure that out. Okay, so, I mean, right now – if you go through this play right right here, can you just pause it at the snap? If uh, possible? Yeah. Yeah. So there right here at the snap, right? So basically, this is cover zero. You got zero, right? Right. So it's there. The Chiefs are technically, they send seven on five. So the quarterback knows he's hot, okay? Because when you're when you're accounting for the protection, the Chiefs put seven guys on the line of scrimmage. And the Mike linebackers, or not the Mike linebacker, the Will linebacker is the one guy that you're not accounting for because you think he might have the back. So you think he has the back. He doesn't actually pick up the back. Either way, you know it's a zero blitz. And look, I, I don't know what the call was, what the pro the projection was, right, or what they were doing. Right now they have two in-breaking routes, and Garoppolo, the throw, it goes to McLeod. But to me, he's actually trying to throw this corner route to Kittle. because He said McLeod he was after is running the game. In-breaking in route. He's trying to throw the corner route to Kittle. In my history of watching football versus zero coverage, I've never seen a quarterback try to throw a corner route. <laughs> Usually you're hot. And again, I don't know what the hot is. I don't know the play call. But typically when you're hot versus zero coverage, the running back on the choice route, just the way the route distribution happened, is typically the hot. And his eyes never go there. I'm not even never. sure if he's aware he's hot. And people say it's a protection issue. No, it's a zero blitz. They're sending six. You can block five. The quarterback's accounting for the extra free rusher. How does the quarterback account for him? By throwing the ball hot so the free rusher can't touch him. This is all like very, very rudimentary things within football. And yesterday he had – they went zero. I think they went zero three times. All three times, two times, he had no clue what he was supposed to do against the pressure, <laughs> where the ball was yep. supposed to go. Greg Olson even said, I think he's supposed to be hot. I don't know what he's looking at. Then the one time he finally does it, and he knows where his hot is. It's the running back on a rail route, one-on-one -on -one with the linebacker. It's Jeff Wilson. He puts it on him. It's a great throw, yep. and Jeff Wilson drops it. I so, think I think he couldn't see it because of the sun, to be fair. Whatever it is, got to catch that football. Yeah, but look at this play, Vish. Jeff Wilson is standing there with his hand up. He knows he's wide open on this play, the and Jimmy never 
looks at him. The only, he was going to Kittle from the second they broke the huddle. Jimmy Garoppolo was throwing that pass to George Kittle. He said after the game he wasn't going to McLeod. He was going to Kittle. Jeff Wilson is wide open with both hands at about the four-yard right. line. There's nobody there, and Jimmy never even looks at him. But, it, yeah, is that on Jimmy? Yes. But if Kyle, is. if Kyle can't get Jimmy to throw it where he's supposed to throw it after six years, Vish, it's also on Kyle. It thank has you. To be. So that's the point, right? Garoppolo kind of is what he is. But, man, I I just feel like there's a I, – I, I don't know. I guess maybe – some of this opinion stems from the little I've gotten to see Trey Lance play and the little I got to see between last year and this year, I didn't see maybe the improvement that I thought I would expect to see with an entire season of Shanahan working with him. Um, It, it all still looked really, really, really raw. Like it's going to take time to put together with Trey Lance to me, at least when I watched it in the preseason oh, in the first on. game in the regular season. But I say all this to say, Rob, I, I think that we are seeing that his biggest issue is that he cannot manage the quarterback position. He knows how to make things easier for the quarterback schematically in terms of how they can see it out and read it, and he can teach them how to play within his offense and teach them how to look at certain defenses and how they're trying to attack it. But in terms of actually managing the quarterback, managing the quarterback's confidence, being able to manage you know, how the quarterback is feeling, all these things. I question it about him. And you know why I question it, Rob? Because he had beef with the one really special quarterback he got to work with in his career. And they, they had beef the first season with Matt Ryan. Then they put it away. But, Rob, here's where I question that relationship with Matt Ryan. When Shanahan got the job, the head coaching job, both Matt Ryan and Dan Quinn they let the blame pool, right? Shanahan's, the media already put the blame of the Super Bowl on Shanahan. He's kind of just going down that, you know, it's a waterfall. Shanahan's just flowing towards that waterfall of blame. And Matt Ryan and Dan Quinn, instead of hanging on, jumping on with Shanahan and accepting the blame, they just shoved him down the waterfall. They said, yes, it was his <laughs> fault. And that's where they had that type of relationship. I don't think Matt Ryan would have done that because Matt Ryan, by all accounts, is just, the most stand-up professional, you know, come in day in, day in, day out. All the cliche quarterback cliches can be used to describe Matt Ryan. So I, I think the ish, biggest issue for him right now, and I know you brought it up on your post game, and I hate bringing it up every time they beat the Chiefs, but God, every time I watch that quarterback play, I think how nice it would be to be a fan of the team that has Patrick Mahomes. And yep. whatever reason they didn't scout him and people think, well, nobody thought he was going. Well, that's Shanahan's job. It's Shanahan's job to know the things nobody thinks that people are doing. There's a reason Mel Kuyper's employed by ESPN and not employed by a team, because what he gives you on the draft is his opinion. But nobody looks at his opinion in the league and says, because Mel Kuyper says that that's the truth. They form their own evaluations throughout the process. That's why Sean Payton thought Patrick Mahomes was the best player in the draft. Mel Kuyper said Patrick Mahomes was the third best quarterback, but Sean Payton thought he was the best quarterback. Here's Bruce Arians thought he was. Andy yeah. Reid thought he was. So it's malpractice, organizational malpractice. When you have a top five pick to not study the available quarterbacks in the draft, it's the most important position. When you have a top five pick, you have an opportunity to get a guy that could change your organization. Now, you could study them and decide that you don't like them. Weird, but I'll say okay. He self-admitted he was like, eh, I didn't really focus on that. It didn't, it didn't bother me. That's the bigger issue. It's if it was one thing, if he said he scouted Mahomes and he had, you know what, he looked like too much of a gunslinger. It was a crazy offense. 
I didn't think it would work. That's bad, but that's not unforgivable. Not scouting him is unforgivable. And I keep saying it goes on Kyle's coaching tombstone forever because you have a duty to your organization to uncover every possible stone, right? Turn over every stone, look everywhere, look at arena leagues, look at YouTube, everywhere to find a quarterback. And Kyle had one and he would have had to give up nothing for him, nothing except a draft pick. And he didn't even take the time to look. And that is arrogant because he thought he was getting Kirk friggin' cousins and it's pathetic. And here we are. Not only did we not get him, he kicked our ass in a Super Bowl, and he kicked our ass again yesterday. And and he's had two different top five kicks, and both times he's had no indication of taking the quarterback. In 2019, they picked Bosa, right? So that was a special pick. But, you know, and Kyler's had his set of issues. Definitely wouldn't have been a fit for Shanahan, but Kyler is uber talented. Either way, I think philosophically, if you're an NFL team and you have a top five pick, you should be studying the available quarterbacks, even if you have Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) Right. Bill Walsh, the genius, said he would draft, draft, not study, draft a quarterback every year. Bill Walsh had Joe Montana, and he tampered with Steve Young and held a private workout with Steve Young when Young was under contract with the Buccaneers. And then he engineers the trade for Steve Young. yeah, Belichick, what... Belichick is also known for studying the quarterbacks real hard before every draft. Mm-hmm. And it's not even because they might not. Usually they don't take them right. Besides Mac Jones, they've never really taken them. But it's more also the draft time is when you get the most access to the player of who he is as a person, you know, and access to how he is mentally, how he sees things, what his approach is. And Belichick uses that wealth of information then when he goes into game planning against these quarterbacks and stuff too because eventually you'll have to go up against them gosh not 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 even studying him man it's is i i i'm a niners fan right and i'm a huge shanahan fan but i just feel like no matter what happens we just cannot move past the one mistake he made immediately into his coaching (laughs) career it would we would be able to move past it though vish if we didn't have this Right. If we had Josh Allen, and this is an example, if we had Josh Allen instead of Patrick Mahomes, you're like, hey, not studying Mahomes is pretty bad, but at least we have Josh Allen. But we have this. We have this dreck with James Garoppolo. And I know, I know they tried to move on with Lance, and that's that's totally fair, right? Like they recognized that it wasn't good enough. They gave the job to Trey Lance, even though he really can't beat out Jimmy Garoppolo in a competition. They recognized that they had to eventually develop that. And it's not Kyle Shanahan's fault that Trey Lance got hurt. I get that. But this is who's here now. And you can't live in a world of who you should have had as a coach or who you might have had. You have to live with who you do have. And here's the truth. No, you give I don't any- like this conversation, to be honest with you, Rob. I hate to interrupt with you, interrupt you, but I don't like this conversation because I got to ask you a question. Sure. Do you think any of this changes with Trey Lance under center? 100%. 100%. What do you think looks different about this offense? Well, first of all, Trey Lance is not going to take two friggin' safeties. He's not going to run out of the back of the end zone. I guarantee you that. Second of all, I don't think Trey Lance turns the ball over nearly as much as Jimmy Garoppolo. I really don't. I and mean, Jimmy Garoppolo had three at the trifecta, the triple crown, the safety. He lost a fumble because he got sacked and he threw that pick. I really don't. And like I said earlier, but Rob, if you're going to include, if you're going to include that, right, we got to at least mention, there are a few throws in even these last three games that Garoppolo has made that I don't think Lance is going to make right with people around him. Right. Like today, I I don't know if that's something we didn't get to see the trajectory of Trey Lance. That's why this conversation gets so hard. 
because the idea was that he was going to get better game to game to game and right. eventually be at a level. And we didn't get to see the improvement yet because he didn't get to play. He didn't get but to play. There, and, but there are throws that Garoppolo is also making in a lot of these games that I, I'm not sure at this point in his career Lance would you know be able to see it like that and make those throw same. He throw. wouldn't have to though. He doesn't have to do it the same way Jimmy does. And if, where Jimmy gets a nice, beautiful throw over the middle, where Jimmy threads it between two guys on a slant, and then you know they pick up twenty yards. Mm-hmm. Maybe Trey Lance throws a twenty-five yard back shoulder throw to Kittle. You know, like it, it wouldn't look the same. It wouldn't look the same as it does. But at least it would look different. I'm tired of making the same mistakes every single week. And that's a Shanahan issue. It's a Jimmy issue. It's an offensive issue. But but here's the three issues, though, right? So you think he helps with the turnover issue. We don't know that. I'm going to take your word for it. There's still two issues that go behind the quarterback that I cannot excuse Shanahan for. And it's the holding, it's the repetitive holding penalties. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do think that things would look, I don't know how different things would look in terms of record, but I do think the feeling would be a lot different if Trey Lance is out there improving, getting better. And it's like every game, there's a couple more plays that get you excited. Absolutely, the feeling would be different. But here's the thing, Rob. So I, I kind of agree with the turnover points. The drop issue, it's still existing. And it's not existing last week, right? And this week, nobody wants to talk about it because last week it was Ray Ray McLeod and Charlie Warner. But this week, two different big third downs in the game. The first third down of the game, press coverage, right? Man press coverage. Brandon Ayuk is running a slant. A lot of people view Brandon Ayuk as, you know, a receiver one, a top guy in the NFL. And I think he's got an opportunity to be that kind of player. Garoppolo puts a good ball on him. It's tight coverage, but it's low and away. Though that's that's a big catch on third down. If you're you know receiver one, if you're that big time player, you make that catch to move the chains. He dropped it. George Kittle on a third and five. Mike McGlinchey gets whipped by Chris Jones. Garoppolo yep. does a real good job staying strong. Chris Jones around him throws a really really good ball into tight coverage. Drop from George Kittle. So these issues are not you know issues of Ray Ray McLeod, Charlie Warner. They're issues that are stemming from the Niners' best players. I think Debo Samuel leads the league in drops. Trey Lance isn't solving that issue. In fact, it seems that, you know, his ball is a little bit harder to catch. We've seen people talk about how his ball can be a little harder to catch. And then the holding, Rob. The the holdings are bad. uh, and, And the holding is a microcosm of just offensive execution penalties in general, right? It's holding. It's pre-snap, whether it's false start, illegal oh. motion. When the Niners get into the territory of some other team, you know their offense will commit at least two of those penalties. And then first and 20 is the death of this offense. First and 20, <laughs> if we get into first and 20, I don't even know why they run second down and third down. Just give it to Mish- Wishnowski. He'll punt it. You know, if he gives out that knuckle punt that we were promised was the reason why he was drafted in the fourth round, and that's the punt that nobody can catch, and Sky Moore couldn't catch it yesterday – then the Niners might get the ball back, but it's more likely he punts it straight into the air. It gets fair caught at the 14-yard line. The net yardage is great. Mitch Wisnowski is top 10 in the NFL and punts land inside <laughs> of the 20, and we can just move along. I agree. The drops are an issue, but the drops are also partly an issue because there's no big plays. Every team has drops, Vish. Every team has drops, but you know what else? They make plays after that, and they didn't do that against Atlanta. And they did some of it here because Jimmy, before that touchdown pass to Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo throws a ball. I don't know how it was not intercepted. It literally goes right through both hands of the Chiefs defender. 
And then in full yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo style, the next play, he throws a dime to Jeff Wilson that we talked about that Jeff Wilson yeah. loses in the sun, but it was a perfect throw. And then the throw after that, he lays a beautiful ball up in one-on-one coverage in the end zone that Kittle comes down with. Right. So the drop, the dropped interception and the drop by Wilson didn't matter because Jimmy Garoppolo made a play after that. And that's okay. what the 49ers have not done too often. So we look at these drops and these mistakes and we say, oh, these are so critical. Jimmy's stats would have been better. It's like, no, what comes next? That's where it that's the disconnect with this 49ers team is. So I agree with that to an extent, Rob. Like, I think you're a hundred percent right on. And I don't mean to say that to say like, right. I No, I'm not, I'm not def- like, I'm not here defending Jimmy. Right. That's not the point of what I'm trying to say. Cause I, I think I've been pretty clear on record over the last two years that I thought Trey Lance should have started in 21. thought he should have started, you know, this year for sure. Like, I thought they should have moved on. My thing is that we knew that there was a level of rawness, and you didn't need me to tell you there's a level of rawness. Forget me. What do I know? I'm sitting here in a room, you know, just talking to you about the Niners. I'm a fan. Forget me. Shanahan volunteered that there's a level of rawness. Kittle, all these veteran players on this team told you it's raw, but we're going to play great around him. And my issue right now, Rob, is that the coaching around the quarterback doesn't seem to be very good. The the other, I don't think they're playing very well around the quarterback right now, which is why, you know, you could say it looks different with Trey Lance with his legs, and he probably makes less mistakes. And I, I would agree with that because to me, he doesn't strike me as mistake prone. Garoppolo just is mistake prone to me. That's He just has a propensity to turn it over. That's who Jimmy Garoppolo is. You have to live with that. Trey Lance doesn't seem to have that reckless tendency to him. I agree with all of that. But to me, they're just not playing well around the quarterback where I feel like we would be looking at this situation and saying, well, damn, we thought Trey Lance, we we knew you were raw, Trey Lance. We thought they would be playing great around you. Sorry, they're not playing great around you right now. They're scoring 18 points a game. You're telling me Trey Lance couldn't do that? I'm pretty sure he could have. And they got to get better. They have to get better. And this is the last topic because actually I need to go, believe it or not. But they're three and four right now. They got the Rams coming up next week. They have to beat the Rams. They have to. And this is a situation with this team where their back is always against the wall. They have to beat the Rams. They need that conference win. They need the win in the division, Vish. Like it's week eight and the season's on the line. Yeah, it, isn't it great that they're playing the Rams? I wouldn't even be confident if they were playing the Lions next week because I would, you know, I wouldn't be confident. But they're playing the Rams. That's their get-right team. That's the team that whenever things are going wrong in the 49ers season, they go beat the Rams and everybody thinks they're back because they do it in convincing fashion. They did it, you know, even in 2020. Everyone was counting them out when they were losing to the NFC East with Nick Mullins. Debo mm-hmm. Samuel has a 10 catch, 100 something yard game against the Rams. Next thing you know, oh, the Niners are back. And then they go, I think they blew a game in Washington immediately after that against that Washington like, in Arizona. That sounds like the 49ers. Sorry, the Colts yeah. just benched Matt Ryan. Speaking of Matt Ryan, <laughs> they benched him? Yeah. Sam Ellinger's going to start. Ursay's done. It's over for all of them. Kyle Shanahan's trying to engineer a trade for Matt Ryan right now. <laughs> it, it's funny because I've been watch I've been watching a lot of the Colts, unfortunately, over the last two weeks. And I, I, I I'm under the impression, like, dang, Matt Ryan's managing a pretty crappy offensive line and a lack of skill position weapons. Like, 
okay, especially with where he is physically. Because Matt Ryan is, I didn't think he would be diminished goods, but he's big time diminished goods right now. He's just physically, he's not the same player. But either way, not to go on that tangent, Rob. What were we talking about? Must win next week. Oh yeah, the game next week, right? But at least they got the Rams. I, I do think they will beat the Rams in convincing fashion. I think the Rams are an absolute mess at the moment in terms of all the issues they have with their football team. But like you mentioned at the top of the show, I don't think beating Ram- beating the Rams anymore is an indicator of to me of where the 49ers are. Like they emotionally play that game a little bit different and they're always ready to play that game but they don't feel like they're ready to play against any other team in the NFL to me. No, they're not. That much is clear. They just are not ready. And maybe they get it into gear, maybe, but all these games count. And through seven games so far this season, 49ers look like absolute frauds. And let's Can hope- I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, before we go. So to me, I, one of the things that's best to look at, right? Teams can get hot, but usually consistency gives you an best indication of what a team is, right? Like the Jim Harbaugh team in 2012, they consistently won two in a row, but they could never win three in a row. And that bit them in the ass in the Super Bowl because they won two in a row and they came and wet the bet against the Ravens, right? That was their MO consistently. Whatever reason, it was that way. I look at the 49ers, right? And I'm looking for an emblem of consistency, right? And I kind of thought that was the defense and then the defense was horrible yesterday. Now, I still think it is the defense, but when I ask you, right, because I think in 2020, if you asked me this question at three and four and you asked me what is consistent about the 49ers offense, I would have given you one answer, Debo Samuel. And that answer was very powerful in terms of the entire scope of the 2021 season, right? Because he kind of put them on their back, on his back. What is that answer, Rob? Because I don't know where it is today. What is the one consistent emblem when I look at the Niners offense and say, well, All they got to do is go back to that and that will work for them. And then once they do that, they'll start to get confidence and they'll find their flow. That's the problem, Vish. They're always trying to go back to something. They're always trying to stop doing the same things you've always done. Do something new. That's the problem. Everybody knows what you're going to do. Everybody knows, especially you get down in the scoring area. You're going to run the ball on first down. Then you're going to try and throw a screen pass on second down. And if it's third and short, you're either going to run it or you're going to throw a slant pass. That's what you're going to do. Why? Because that's what you always do. And until they figure out that they have to show something that they have never shown before, this is what we're going to get. Because you talked about what's consistent about the offense. Mistakes. Mistakes are the only thing that's consistent with this team right now. Yeah. Uh, Big Des. The only thing consistent is Jimmy throwing at least two crazy passes a game. That's a no-brainer, yeah. That happens. And I, I'm, I don't want to be this angry and this negative all the time. I don't. Yesterday was my wife and my son's birthday. I want to be oh, happy. Happy I birthday! Was pissed off all day yesterday. I probably ruined it for them. This is what oh, this team you? does to me, man. There's no other way to feel after that game yesterday than like this. I'm sorry. And if you think I'm crazy, whatever. Look, go go read Matt Mayoko. Go read the team website if you want champagne and strawberries. I, I got nothing for you. I, I don't get the fan who wants exactly that, though, right now, right? Like, you thought that – I think all of us thought this was a Super Bowl caliber roster. And I think we all think it still is. Three and four is not a good expectation for this team. 
No. Especially given who they played, Rob. That's my biggest, actually, that's my biggest sticking point. Because the Chiefs are the only team that they've played that I said, yep, mark it down as a loss. That did not feel like a good matchup. Terrible. 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 They lost three out of their last five. They got to turn it around. Otherwise, well, this is going to be a lost year. And who knows where they go next year now with no picks until round three. Do you that's think gonna... they win next week real quick? No. I'm no. not picking them to win again until they actually do. That's where right, I am I'll, right I'll now. I'll pick them to win next week. They're going to get right against the Rams like they always do. Maybe. Or maybe not. Maybe they'll actually lose against the Rams. Like that's not a given. It's not a given. You can't just say you chalk that up as a win. That's the problem with this damn team. Too many times you think, oh, that's a win, and it's not. It's not a win. They could lose against anybody, and they've proven that. And they'll probably prove it again next week. All right, that's yeah. going to do it for this edition of the show. Please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We always appreciate your reviews. We are the fastest-growing Niners podcast on the planet, and that is due to you and your support. So thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody. We really appreciate it. Vish, I want to talk to you about happy things. Maybe next week we could talk about happy things. Can we, we try? We will. We will. Well, it's I, We're going to get a victory Monday in here, Rob. I know for sure we're going to get a victory Monday. <laughs> and then when you rant real positively, because I've heard you rant real positively, it'll be nice too. Because, you know, our, we've, we've had kind of a growing audience here together. This is the second time we're doing this. Third time, if you include the one kind of experimental show we did before that on my channel. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people are waiting for your rant of positivity. I, I personally to. like your rants in general. I told you, you're my favorite content creator. So, Well, thank you. I'd love to bring out the positive rants, man. I would love it. Trust me. I, I'm ready. I'm willing. I'll, hopefully we can. We're going to be doing this live show every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. So please join us. Niners Nation Twitter, Niners Nation Facebook, Niners Nation YouTube, my Twitch page at Stats on Fire. I know you're going to take some of the best parts and put it on your YouTube channel also, Vish. So we're everywhere for you. And hopefully next week we can be happy after a 49ers win.